Welcome to The Manual, a deep dive on the reverse side of one's beliefs and value systems, focusing on what you think versus what you thought. And now, here's your host, Cleve Waste. Welcome to The Manual, people. It's been a while. I have a great guest lined up for you guys tonight. This is a good friend of mine that I've been um, had the privilege to know over the last about two years, um, mm. the pandemic. Actually, I made some really good connections during the pandemic, which were beneficial to me, not only as a person, but also uh, business-wise and things of that nature. So um, Kay comes to me uh, through some mutual friends that we, that we have, and we forged a nice bond. She's actually part of uh, a training crew that I have that I run for some, just for some clients that are very close and near, near and dear to me. So I welcome you to the show. Kay, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Like I told you, I'm running on a little bit of sleep. <laughs> um, but you know what? It is what it is. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm also, I'm not going to lie, a little nervous. This is my first podcast. So Really? Yeah. Nah, don't you speak for a living? You have to talk, right? I mean, I talk, but usually it's like one or 10 people there, not like oh. on a streaming device. So Got you. Okay. Well, I mean, the mic's your friend, obviously, but, um, you know, you speak speak from the heart the manual is about just being organic and having a very spontaneous conversation in the realm of anything and everything so whatever you want to talk about we should be able to engage in some good conversation because we do actually engage in good conversation when we're in the gym so Mm -hmm. it's been always awesome so um so give me a little bit of background about yourself to the audience and then we'll get into what you want to talk about tonight on the manual all right well as Cleve said that my name is Kay and I am a mental health therapist. So I've been in the field now for probably a good seven or eight years. Um, I deal mostly in the community in the DMV area, ranging from the SMI population, which is severe mental illness, substance use, homelessness, um, the jail, county jail population, males, females, for psychotic breaks in the community, um, depression, anxiety, veterans, PTSD, you name wow. it, I have dealt with it. So wow. so, so I always want to ask two things to uh, someone in, in your field. Mm-hmm. One, and this is going to sound weird. It's like a chef having a chef. Like, mm-hmm. So do you, do you ever, or have you ever saw a mental health therapist uh, for, for anything for you personally? Like, have you, you know, since you've been already licensed and all of that, have you done that under being licensed and things like that? Absolutely. Not since I've been licensed, but okay. uh, before, for many years, I saw a mental health therapist and that actually helped me get into this field. Um, just going and seeing them. I think it's just interesting. We as human beings are product of our environment, our experiences, our trauma. Mm -hmm. And having dealt with that at such a young age to then being like adolescents and then adults and realizing as adults that we want to change a lot of things that we've Mm -hmm. learned at a young age, it's very challenging. Nice. So learning all of that through my process, going to therapy, I was in therapy for a good, I want to say about eight years. Wow. Yeah. And I just loved it. And now I make a career out of it. Nice. So the other question I've always wanted to know, and this is kind of a, I don't know if it's a loaded question or not, but it's um, when you're dealing with friends or a loved one or 
a significant other, how do you separate the clinician from K? Like you're trying to win an argument as K or you're trying to win an argument with the training that you, that you had with your, with your background. I mean, have you even talked to my significant other, Cleve? <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. I always just wondered that. It's, it's like a lawyer. I mean, like, does a lawyer argue as a lawyer or does it argue, you know, as Harold? Mm -hmm. You know, like, does he argue as a regular person? I don't, I just always wanted to know, like, that whole situation. Absolutely. Like, I feel like there's, like, some advantages and disadvantages. Okay. Some advantages is sometimes I can look past to, like, where is this person coming from? Like, why do they do the certain behaviors that they do? Oh, it's because of X, Y, and Z, whether it's childhood trauma or maybe that's what they learned. And so having that background, it helps me be more patient. It okay. helps me be a little bit more understanding. Now, the disadvantage is that, yes, I want to put on the therapy hat and try to fix it <laughs> or give advice or suggestions. And when Man. I'm not that, I am not the therapist, I'm the girlfriend, I'm the daughter, I'm the sister, I'm the cousin, I'm the friend. And it's very hard for me to balance that. And I've had a lot of like conversations with just people in my life saying, I need you to not be a therapist and I need you to just be K. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, so for those who've, who've subscribed to the manual for the last couple of years that I've been doing this, you, I, I have two careers, so to speak. So obviously I'm, I'm in property mm -hmm. management and I'm also a trainer. And I want to ask you this as well. This is another question. Sorry to be bombarding you with these questions that I've always had for no this is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you haven't been to a party or some shit like that where someone will say, oh, um, such and such is a is a trainer. And then someone will just jump up like, hey, man, when you and I'm like, dude, I, I'm just trying to have some chips and dip. Like, I'm not here to answer scientific right. questions about training. If you want to train, hit me up. And, you know, so you ever get that? Like somebody says, oh, my homegirl is in, you know, she does. And then you're like, dude, I'm kind of here to like, watch whatever this event is. Right. Did, did that ever happen to you a lot? That, so not at like parties or anything, but I'll get it when I'm waiting in the line of CVS or something like that or Target uber drivers when i'm on my way to dc and i'm trapped in a car with the uber driver or lyft driver for a good 20 minutes and they're like ask me what i do so i tell them and then they give me their life story oh and i'm like God. you just got a free <laughs> session for like 20 minutes yeah dude wow <laughs> But I will say, like, parties, family get-togethers and all that stuff, nah, they stay away from me. They say, I don't want you to, like, psychoanalyze me. Mm. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just want to be here and have a good time and enjoy that. I am not here to depict your life or... Mm -hmm you know, give you suggestions or anything or help you have a breakthrough. That is not my role. Have you, have you ever had someone, let's say a friend of yours is dating someone. It can be male or female or male, you know, whatever. Um, and mm -hmm. you see, like you see a pattern of behavior or you see a pattern of something. Do you offer free advice that says, Hey, you know what? Judging from what I'm seeing from the outside, this doesn't look right. Or this is a you know this is something that you should probably keep an eye on or like do you ever like stick your beak in stuff like that or you just kind of like unless you're asked like hey this guy keeps doing this or this guy keeps doing this like what do you what do you think that is like do you do you get involved without being involved or do you just stay out of it completely um i would say a little bit of both it's 
definitely challenging, especially when I see like a pattern that I think can be very like hard, but especially if like a friend or a loved one's involved and their significant other is not being like respectful or nice or there's certain patterns I'm like, mm, I don't like this. I understand yeah. why they're doing that, what they're mm -hmm. doing. Um, and I always go to, you know, like my loved one and say, hey, can we talk about this? Like, this mm. is what I, like, I have this idea. Are you open to it? So gotcha. I always give them like the platform to say, yes, help me. Or you know what? No, I want to be able to handle this by myself. Or now's not a good time. And I'm like, cool. I'm just here to provide you love and support and let you know that I'm just here for you whenever you need it. So wow. it's like I said, it's a little bit of both. So we have this thing on the manual we do before we officially start the show. Obviously, we've been talking for about nine minutes or so. And then I ask like a icebreaker question. Anyone living or dead famous, right? Living or I don't care what century, what ice age to new age. If you mm -hmm. could talk to them, like from a clinician standpoint, who would it be and why? Oh, yeah, um, this is this is this is what I do here. Yeah, like you know, like hey Hitler, you're fucked up, you know, like you know, right. some, some, something like that. Like I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't want you to like really, you know, give it. It's a fun question. It's, it's not something to be like, mm -hmm. oh my god, I gotta rack my brain about. Just something fun to say. Hey, you know what? This would be who I would. Actually, you know what? Table that. A better question. Okay. You living or dead? Famous, New Age, Stone mm -hmm. Age, whatever three people you can have dinner with at the same time like three people you would invite to, to a dinner you being the fourth who would it be it always changes for every time i ask people it always changes and, and it should but i always wanted to know what like, right what like what who people would sit and break bread with basically and have some you know have a drink with or whatever like just it can be i mean you know there's no right or wrong answer but i just kind of i want to see where you think right. if you if what world you pull from it's it's crazy because i mean i've been asked this question before and my go-to is always my dad he's passed so i was like of mm -hmm. course i would love to like sit and have a drink you know he died before i could even was legally able to drink and stuff and so that would be like a great like memory moment to have okay. um so i mean he's always at the dinner table he's always welcome he's always there I always have a spot for him mm -hmm. and then i would say the next person would be Barack Obama. Okay. I just love like his ideas and um, and I'm reading his autobiography right now. So yeah, I just I think too. he would, yeah, I just like depict it. I think it would be really good. And then um, ooh, the next person would probably be, hmm, God, that's hard. I'm, Debating between JFK. Okay. I, I, I evidently have a thing for presidents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, or my next thought was actually like Robin Williams. Because oh, okay. I think he is very interesting, like mental health wise, um, fighting with depression, substance use and stuff. And, um, you know, unfortunately he was so depressed and everything that he took his own life. So um, really like depicting that and kind of looking at that i think that would be interesting wow. very interesting you know mm -hmm. i always ask that to people that i come into contact with when we have like you know casual conversation that always comes up as a thing um for like an icebreaker or whatever it is but um as we give me year three and you know they always change for me like they always change 
uh sometimes people will say something and i'm like wow like so, somebody i would never expect them to say well i want to mm-hmm. hang out with that person or you say you, you know you say, oh yeah, yeah i could see i could see you sitting with that person and having having a good time or whatever it is yeah all right so now we open the show to talk about what you want to talk about very organically so the floor is yours i'll try to see if i can hang in the conversation and ask questions but uh what do you want to talk about on the manual i mean it would be my favorite subject mental health Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i i will just say like i like i was probably i was in therapy Ooh, i was i was a kid i was like an adolescent probably around 12 when i was introduced to therapy Okay. And it seemed so taboo. Mm. And not so much in um, some, like my community, because I am a white female. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is more a little bit accepted in the white mm-hmm. community. Um, but nowadays, you hear about it all the time, like mental health, mental health. Mm. And usually it's associated with some type of like mass shooting or something like that or something's wrong at school so it must be mental health and sometimes i feel like we went too far to the other extreme that Mm -hmm. everything is mental health Mm -hmm. and i always ask you know these like questions i'll ask you this question as well like when you hear the words mental health what like what comes to mind so So I kind of see it through two different lenses and I would use like a past and present type of thing in the present form. Now, as a 48 year old black man, I see it as something that is still kind of taboo from how I grew up. Um, I'm Korean. Well, South American, but it, it, it identifies with the Caribbean culture and, you know, mental health for me growing up, I always and it's don't laugh at me the world i always thought of it as it's it's a rich person's thing like people who have money to pay for someone to talk to and then it's like that that person that's they, they have no other person to turn to they can't turn to a priest they can't turn to their pastor they can't turn to a family member they can't turn to a parent a brother or whoever so they they feel that they can unpack with a stranger that would be not biased to them that would be you know just kind of giving them that 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 air of kind of just to get it off so i always thought of it as like well wow you know damn they could afford you know they can afford therapy session because i always thought this was like 95 dollars an hour 100 an hour and i'm like it's only your insurance pays for it you know where it's it's next to mm-hmm. nothing in, in some cases depending on how your plan is structured so i always felt like it was something like that so as a as a kid we just dealt with stuff like I would, you know, parents might just suck it up and deal mm. with it or whatever, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have like, everyone has vices, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, something happens to them and they eat or they drink or they smoke or they act wild or whatever it is. I always felt like I tried to keep a check on my emotions because I'm like, I don't want people to say, well, what's wrong with him? Like, why does he act like that? I always try to just fit in and conform to the like the norm right right so i didn't want to be labeled as one of those kids that has problems and you're right the first time i really heard about the word mental health like in a in a more in the media was when columbine happened right and when columbine happened i was like an adult already i was growing up like my entire childhood like little kid like grammar school elementary junior high school high school and even college 
I don't remember other than like postal shootings at like postal facilities. Like I don't remember school shootings because they didn't happen mm -hmm. when, when I was a kid. But that was the first time I heard about that that, that trench coat mafia, I think it was called, or some, something like that. And they were kids that were getting picked on and all of that. And I'm like, I grew up in a bully era where I got bullied and stuff like that. And you know, got teased and all that. So I was like, why did I have like a break? You know, what made this person like wh what was it? for me and what was it for them that made them break so that that's that's my introduction to it well yeah and like you know what i was saying earlier is that we are a product of our upbringing you know it's that it's that it's that thing is it nature or nurture it's it's both genetics mm -hmm. plays a big part of it as well as how we're um raised going into this field when i first heard of like ptsd i thought of veterans I'm like only veterans people that are in the military can have ptsd which yeah. that's not true at all yeah you have people growing up in poverty or in a bad neighborhood in chicago new york dc mm -hmm. detroit like mm -hmm. all these seeing like their loved ones get shot or killed or mm -hmm. their um family members getting sexually assaulted or selling drugs and always having to like defend themselves. They don't know if they were gonna have to walk down the street or run down the street. Mm -hmm. That's trauma, that's PTSD, that's stuff that these individuals carry into their adult life. Mm. And that can be traumatizing and that can also be um, very hard to process especially mm. at like an older age because one mm. of the things is like as a young child i always viewed as like your mind is like a sponge it just soaks up everything mm -hmm. well once you get older you're kind of like set in your ways mm -hmm. and so it's like oh no like i don't want to have feelings i don't want to talk about my feelings that's not that's not what i did when i was a kid yeah I, <laughs> it's funny it's funny you said that like so um I, I kind of had like a multi-directional type of childhood. Like I've okay. I've had I went to like prep school, but I also hung in the streets. I also had family, you know, drama and stuff like that. I've had friends that have gone to prison, still in prison. I have friends that have passed away when I was like younger, like you know, mm -hmm. like going through like young adulthood and stuff like that. And the PTSD thing is a real thing because. Yeah. It gets to a point where, like, I can identify with certain things as a norm. Like, something would happen on your street, right? Like a shooting or something. And the police would ask you, what What did you see? And you're like, I saw nothing. And you, I might have been standing right there, saw the whole thing. And I'm like, nah, we don't snitch around here. Like, it, you mm. mind your business. Like, you, it doesn't involve you. Don't, you know. And it was just like... I was always like, man, like, you know, if you can help somebody and you might know that family, you might know that person. And you just like, man, I, I can't I can't say who I saw. It's just like that. So you carry those things. You go to a club. There's a shooting or a stabbing or a killing or whatever. The club closes for a few months and it opens back. It opens back up and you just go back like <laughs> like, wow, like six months ago, this somebody got killed here. But it's like it wasn't, you know, nobody I knew. So. You know, so a lot of things that um I have to relearn as an adult that wasn't correct. I've been in right. situations where where I've had friends doing something that I'm with them, but in my mind I'm like, well, I didn't commit that act either. Like I didn't commit the act, so I'm not as guilty. But then you you see laws are like, oh, 
you're guilty by association like you were there you didn't stop it <laughs> you know like you were a part of it and you don't realize like the trouble that you can get yourself into my dad is saying like when we we're kids like he was like do not let the next 30 seconds decide the next 30 years of your life because mm. you would think oh i had you know it's a little street fight you know at a party whatever but then you don't realize like that's actually actually an assault on somebody like you, mm -hmm. you know like you, you you broke the law you did something or whatever it is so like growing up um it's hard to say like being the man or being a man it was like you didn't show any weaknesses technically um i remember like when i was i was crying about something i was like a little kid and my dad was just like what are you crying for like that's not something you waste your tears for and then i just grew up not knowing what to mm -hmm. cry for but as a full-blown adult like i could see something sad and it might not move me but then i'm watching a movie and i see a random act of kindness and i'm like i'm not crying you're crying you know <laughs> like what's, yeah. and i'm like how did that like what triggered what triggered that emotion because like i saw my dad I, like we talk about our dads a lot you and i yeah and mm -hmm. like you know my dad was to me was a superhero like man of steel mm -hmm. like it was it was like my first superhero and i saw him do a lot of acts of kindness and sometimes people weren't kind to him so it made me kind of leery about like yeah the, you know what kindness should have limitations like you can't like he would still do something for someone although they wronged him and i'm like nah dude like if you wrong me don't come around asking me for something like, because it, i'm like yeah. Don't, like yeah i'm not gonna be a fool to you like but he always felt like just be better be bigger and i'm like man that's that's crazy but um getting back not to get off topic um for and i can't speak for african-americans but I, I can speak for the men that i'm around our therapy sessions end up in barbershops mm. and at a bar at a barbecue or a cookout cultural how you however you look at that yeah. you end up finding out something that someone else is going through that might be similar to you but you're engaging in the conversation looking for that therapeutic piece to say oh how did well how did you get out of it oh da, da, da. and he's like oh that's okay that that's what i'm gonna do and right. not you know that's not the clinical way to go about it it's just like you just associated yourself with something and you felt like well all right if chauncey did that then i'm a, you know i'm good then like, yeah you know, I, I can do that too and if, and it'll wash away my sins and impurities or whatever it is so um well and everybody's experience is different right we're all human beings we all want to feel connected and having those sessions at barbershops, bars, a cookout, I call it a barbecue. Um, <laughs> it's cultural, Kels. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not like a bad thing at all. I'm not like, I'm not saying that at all. Sometimes you need like an outside perspective, a place where you feel safe and not judge. This person doesn't know me from Adam. This person doesn't necessarily will see me out on the street or anything because sometimes if i disclose something to my friend at a bar or barbershop are they going to judge me are they going to mm -hmm. look at me differently are they going to use what i shared with them against me mm -hmm. like i mean and talking with a whole bunch of clients before like i said i have experience working in the county jails mm -hmm. and predominantly it's black males mm -hmm. and they've talked about all that that fear of like i'm gonna have somebody's gonna use it against me they're going to um find my vulnerability and play on it and a lot of times with having these like 
sessions at these um not like with a therapist mm -hmm. you it's hard to like put a name to what anxiety is or depression or trauma true and a therapist will do that it's like what you're feeling is anxiety what you're feeling is depression like like this mm -hmm. is it and it's very common mm -hmm. and with that a therapist can actually have set the normalcy of it that you're not alone like you you know how many people come to me and share with me their problems mm -hmm. i have to diagnose them we go through their childhood and stuff like that mm -hmm. you're not alone like so many people do that i mean everybody in this world i would say if not majority have some type of mental health we've all felt anxious at one point in time mm -hmm. we've all felt depressed and sad whether it's a loss of like a job a home a loved one mm -hmm. um, a loss of your freedom we've all had some sort of trauma whether it's mm -hmm. attachment mm -hmm. and abandonment or actual like seeing somebody get gunned down somewhere mm -hmm. or overseas in your military like we've mm -hmm. all had some type of um trauma and behaviorals that we have learned in the community I will mm -hmm. say one of the things that fascinated me so much in this field is dealing with like the SMI population, like your schizophrenia, your bipolar, mm -hmm. because you don't see that in private practice. You actually mm. see that more in the community or in the jails. Okay. So. Wow. The You ever watch The Sopranos? Can you hear me? I like only saw like a few episodes. Okay. Yeah, can so you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So, like, being from Jersey, The Sopranos was a very big, it was a very big show. Like, it, you know, Jersey. Like, because it it resonated with, like, the, the neighborhoods that they were in and stuff like that. And you got, you know, you so it's like it's a crime drama, right? But one of the things about the main character, Tony Soprano, mm -hmm. rest in peace, James, James Galdini, um, he saw a therapist because he had panic attacks, right? That he didn't. That he kind of it got passed on from his dad or whatever it is he got panic attacks his wow. first panic attack was like when he was a teenager and he couldn't explain what those were but he dealt with the trauma of his growing up in the mafia that his dad was a part of and his mother was just a nagging person or whatever to, to the dad and to them like she she didn't she smothered them and she you know it was kind of crazy but in seeing a therapist like he used to say like if anyone ever finds out about this like i'm done like i can't i can't be the crew i can't be who i am i can't be this mob mm -hmm. boss right so it it used to it used to reinforce to us you know because i was probably like in yeah i was like in my maybe late 20s when the sopranos came out so it reinforced to us like what like a strong alpha male represented like yo you don't even if you have weaknesses you don't you don't do that right i'm a big martial arts like buff i have a sick martial arts collect uh, collection of movies from like the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that and in one of them is a, a movie called man a man called hero it was like these two famous fighters swordsmen whatever and one of them was like he just couldn't be beat everyone that approached him got defeated so he fought his adversary but he didn't kill him like they fought to like a like a, a draw and he said, How, why can't I beat you? And then the guy said, because you have too many distractions. Like you, you bring too mm -hmm. many distractions to the battle, like you to, uh, to the battlefield. So the guy like left and whatever, right? So in the end of the movie, they face off again. Like they, they, they cross paths again. And in, 
he's standing there he's blinded like he's he blinded himself right so he's like he's i have no more distractions he's like i've killed my i've killed my wife i've killed my children i've killed my friends i've killed my parents i've killed everything around me so i i bring nothing but this skill to the battle and i was like damn you know when we when we think of or let me see maybe we can't when i think of mental health that black men deal with and again i can't speak for every black person i'm just speaking in generalities here like we we carry the we carry so much for ourselves we carry for other people so it's very hard to know to like if it's a salad bowl everything is mixed in there like so you got your shit with this person's stuff and that person's stuff and you're like damn like how can i solve their problem when i can't even solve my own problem right we have a saying right your heart will make your mouth go hungry <laughs> and i i used to always remember that as a kid because i was like yo my pop's got a big heart like he's you know he's always yeah. helping somebody out and i'm like dude like sometimes you might got help themselves you know i learned to swim by somebody throwing me overboard <laughs> mm-hmm. right? not getting in the water holding me up and like oh right splash your feet whatever it's like yo boom you're in there get out and i'm like oh my god like i have to learn how to and that's how i learned how to swim i felt yeah. you know got thrown in the water and and i always say that i i couldn't be a kid now i couldn't be in a young adult now i couldn't even be young now right because the world is so different from when i was a kid Absolutely. when i was a kid the world was so different and I, people before me it was more different than that but i'm a 70s 80s kid and then i was a young adult in the in the late 90s early 2000s uh i think at the turn of the century i was 27. so a lot of um a lot of what i go through is kind of like reliving things like in the past like i wonder how i would have dealt with that one at, at 13. but i didn't have those i didn't have those issues or those problems what do you like what do you think about that i mean absolutely we're in the day and age of like internet right like mm-hmm. growing up i didn't i didn't have it we had like a family computer and then now you have everybody has their like own laptops like my nephews or has a cell phone and stuff like that i think i had my first cell phone when i was like 13 or 14 years old and now you have these younger kids having phones um i think it's just a very different age like mm-hmm. nowadays like growing up like you know going back to bullying like mm-hmm. it was in-house it was at the schoolyard mm-hmm. like stuff like that that's where it was started and ended now it's all over the internet yeah. whether people have social media and you're bullying because of that um and that one explain that one to me i don't understand i might sound ignorant in this in this comment i don't understand that like if someone if so i mean if someone is harassing you by like posting negative things about you or let's say they have salacious pictures of you or something that you know and they're they're doing things like that but i never understood cyberbullying um to the extent of like at some point you're a person and you get angry mm-hmm. and you lash out you know what now it's time to whoop somebody's ass because this is this is like too much now they're piling on like they're they're poking the bear and i guess that's why we have these eruptions in society where people mm. you know act out absolutely one of the things i will say i think it was on netflix or it still might be is it's called like the mask that i live in mm. and it is really good and it talks about masculinity and okay. it talks about 
masculinity at like a young age and how that follows them through to like school age all the way up to adulthood. And with that, they talk about how a lot of people will act out and have like conduct disorders, um, whether fights at school, getting expelled, bringing drugs or weapons to school and stuff. But really the underlining is that they're depressed like these and it's majority of males boys Mm -hmm. are depressed they're sad they just want to find that connection that closeness that they don't have or feel Mm -hmm. like they can't get and it's just i mean this documentary just hits it on the head with how i view it as majority of males think about like whether it's emotions um what they were taught brought up like your father even said like why are you crying like what mm-hmm. don't waste your tears on that how mm-hmm. many times especially males can say that the father for a male it's not okay to cry mm-hmm. it's okay for a female to cry but mm-hmm. it's not okay the only emotion that a male can show is anger females yeah. can't show anger Be- yeah. females i mean that's not it's like so it's, it's like why are you being emotional why are you being exactly. so emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy yes so i mean i will say like this documentary is great but yeah like you have like the cyberbullying which is very sad and scary because the internet what's on the internet lives forever like it's never yeah. gonna go away and so many people you know when you're at the schoolyard you might only have maybe like 10 or 15 people like seeing it mm-hmm. seeing the fight seeing the being picked on and stuff where with the internet it's the whole world yeah you can have anybody anywhere can have a comment on whether it's like just being really mean and nasty about somebody's um, intelligence or their body or mm-hmm. just being, yeah, I mean, mean. Like, that's all I can think of. Like, cyberbullying mm-hmm. is just mean. And I can't imagine this day and age, like, living with that if I was a kid right now. Yeah. Like, that well, that's why. Hard. That's why I said it's 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 hard for me to it's hard for me you know it would be hard for me at least in my mind for me to be a child right now because I just don't I wouldn't even know how to how to uh, react to certain things because like I said I had a bully and me and the bully just fought <laughs> and I said mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many times we fight like you're not gonna like you're not gonna intimidate me you're not gonna you know this is not gonna continue and if it does continue other people are gonna get involved at this point you mm-hmm. know um. Every black man can relate to what I'm about to say right now. Like you got in a fight in your neighborhood, you ran home, and either your mother, your father, or both would say, Why what's going on? Oh, I'm having a fight with Phil down the street. It's like, well, why are you in here? Go out and fight. <laughs> Go out there. And because it's like if you don't stand up for mm-hmm. yourself, it's gonna continue. It's gonna continue and 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 be that. My daughter is um, she's a cancer, right? And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I loosely believe in the signs, like how how that stuff is, right? And yeah, very very emotional. She was very she was very emotional mm-hmm. child. Like she would wear her, you know. But then as she got older, she got tougher, like really super tough. And one of the things I used to tell her as a kid, when she was a kid, she would cry about like, oh, I didn't get invited to a party or whatever it is, and she would cry about it. And I was like, listen, like you can't you can't control how what you know what people are gonna want from you, right? You also, if you're sorry about something, you can only be sorry about how you, how you reacted to it. If you reacted in mm-hmm. anger or whatever, if you got, you know, if you got loud, but you, you should never really apologize for your feelings. If something hurts your feelings, it hurts your feelings. You can't apologize mm-hmm. for being sad. Like just, I'm sad. Absolutely. Right. But 
you know, she would, she would be like, well, why don't, like, why don't you like, she, well, she always wants to know like, how was I as a kid? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, as a kid, there are certain things I wasn't allowed to do. Like you wasn't, I wasn't allowed to cry about little stupid certain things. Like as an adult, I always, like, I, I make light of this when I say this, I only have so many apologies I have to give out a month. Right. Hmm. I have five this month and I'm not going to waste them because I have I might have right. like two. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. four, I apologize. <laughs> and I'm like, they might carry over to the next month. But I'm like, if I'm if I'm really if I really hurt someone, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Kay. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. say I'm sorry. Uh, if it's an apologize, it's like, hey, I thought this out. You know, we got off on the tangent. I'm sorry. Or I apologize. Mm-hmm. Right. But I would never like apologize for getting upset at something that upset me i'm like yo like i can't help that that upset me but then as an adult sometime between uh early early adulthood and now i got to a point where i basically like there's certain things that don't bother me like i don't give it i don't give it oxygen because i'm like yo Mm -hmm. why am i like like, you know that person went to sleep and didn't think about it and i'm thinking about it right now like yeah what (laughs) it's like and i'm the type of person i want if i'm mad i want you to be mad too like we both got because you Mm -hmm. walk around like like igniting like not not acknowledging like my i'm like what the fuck like okay i'm pissed off what you not mad Mm -hmm. i'm good (laughs) so my grandmother my mom's mom had a saying what (laughs) what you eat don't make me shit and I used to always laugh at that because as a kid, I'm like, oh, you know, grandma's cursing. But then I thought about it as an adult. I'm like, yo, she's right. Like everybody has their own shit to eat. Technically. Uh-huh. And it's like, yo, like you're mad about that, but you're not mad about this. And I'm like, wow, right. that kind of made a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm wasting my time getting upset about something, something small. But then I, I know people that make they use things to get angry about to bring up other shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like you ever been in a relationship with somebody who's arguing with you and all of a sudden they say something from like six months ago and I'm like wait what like that's what this is about I that is me <laughs> see <laughs> and you're, you're like really like you really just brought that back to life I thought mm-hmm. we I thought we buried that and you're like no like you got over it I never got over it so I'm like so you're cashing that in right now <laughs> you're, you're gonna cash the ships in right now I mean it's I mean it's true to me it's like you have you have a right to feel what you're feeling. What you don't have the right to is how you display that feeling. Yes. If I you are that. angry and you're cussing me out or throwing things at me, that is not okay. There's a way for you can still express your anger, but in appropriate way. And um, and I think that's one of the things that people feel like with feelings is that it's like they're just so out of control. Like I can't like control it or manage it and everything so i just explode it's like at times it's like okay take a step back and one of the things that we talk about in therapy is that anger is actually a secondary emotion okay it's it's kind of like the iceberg like with the titanic at the iceberg you see the anger but yeah. what's underneath it is actually what's driving it and that's usually some type of pain that's sadness mm. that's hurt that's shame that's guilt and these are emotions, especially among the male community, you're not allowed to express. You're only allowed to express anger. So one of the things, I heard this somewhere, I forgot where I heard it from, 
but it was just like a light bulb. It was like an aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. And it was another therapist saying that, you know, those signs that says like only peace is welcome here, only calm energy, only yeah. good vibes and everything. Yeah. It's like when you have that displayed or you're saying that like, you know what? I don't want to hear it. You can only bring me like positive stuff. What you're indicating to the other person is that that my comfort is more important than your comfort and your mm. discomfort. Mm. So, yeah. right. I was just like, that just deep. clicked for me because how many people come to us or whether it's family friends or with me, it's clients of saying like, I don't like this or this is uncomfortable to me. And then I would just be like, nope, I only positive vibes, only good vibes here. Hmm. It's like, but that's not reality. We no, all have no. like negative vibes or it's that like we all can feel bad and have those days where it's like, I don't want to get off the couch or out of bed mm-hmm. or those days where all I do is want to cry or I really want to get angry. I, um, <clears throat> I, I used to always say this to, to people that I knew, like know very well, actually. So like, I would say something like, if I if I met you five years ago, like when I met you five years ago, I wish you told me all the negative shit about you up front. Like you yeah. open, like you open with all your, hey, hi, I'm Cleve. I'm I'm insensitive. I'm a jerk off. I do, you know, like you're like wow, <laughs> and you right. know, and then you get to your good, sh- like you see me live my good life, but you mm-hmm. see all the faults up front because it happens to me. It happens um a lot when when um like we're dating. I have I have a friend that was dating a a, a guy a few years ago and uh she she did like a taboo thing i was like she was like yeah i looked in his medicine cabinet i was like why did you do that like you asked to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom she's like right he's like she's like taking pictures of all this medication and like send them to like oh like me and a couple friends and i'm like yo it's such a violation right now it's Mm -hmm. so fucked up like you're like really like this because i saw what she was trying to like say hey what's like what was this before and stuff and i'm like what i don't know it's like can you just go on your computer and google it and i'm like yo <laughs> but i'm like you don't go in someone's medicine cabinet but no. she was saying like there was things about him that just wasn't like he was he was he wasn't like off in a like scary thing but he was just he was aloof he was eccentric i said it, i said it about well, his personality like something about him mm-hmm. attracted you to him but i'm like it may be that he's just he doesn't he's very like laissez-faire like he doesn't care about a lot of shit yeah. And I said, I said, a lot of people are kind of like that. Everyone has something, a level of passion. They care about stuff. Like they mm-hmm. care about their money. They care about where they live. They care about what kind of job they want to have or who they want to date. But then some people are like, you know what? If somebody just loves me for me, I'm good. You know, I don't, I'm not looking for a Brad Pitt or whatever. I'm looking for just someone, you know, to, to be mm-hmm. with. And I'm like, you know, everyone has like their things. But she felt like, he's taking on this medication i said but you don't know what medication is for like, you don't know what's right. mental health versus something else right mm-hmm. so, well, yeah it was weird no but like one of the things about like dating can be exciting about like figuring that out and sometimes a lot of people don't even know their negative flaws in the beginning mm. and it isn't until they're in that relationship with somebody new or they're like oh wow you know what? My father used to do the same thing or my mother used to do the mm-hmm. same thing or my guardian or whoever. And mm-hmm. I didn't like that in them. And now <laughs> I'm actually seeing it in myself. And as wow. an adult, we have a choice to either 
I acknowledge it and I change it mm -hmm. or I acknowledge it and I say, you know what? I like who I am. This is who it is. <laughs> or a third option is you don't acknowledge it at all and you live in ignorance the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, some people are like, I like, I, I like who I am. Don't try to change me. I like who I am. You're like, what? Hey, How can you like, you're, you're a jerk, dude. It's crazy. It's, it's well, crazy. It's like, that's great that that's great that you like who you are, but just be prepared that a lot of people might not like who you are. Well, yeah. It, so yeah. your circle will be smaller. I, I always tell I always tell this story, right? So a friend of mine's who who's a a good friend of mine's from like I've known him for years. He's like a deacon, mm -hmm. right? And he told me about he went to a coworker of his had a um, a funeral to go to right and he said can you come to me to the funeral for like emotional support he's like yeah okay you know he's a deacon he's you know in church whatever so he goes with him he says that they get to the church it's standing room only the aisles the pew i mean people outside it was like holy like who the hell was this person like they you know they everyone come to see this person off and he's sitting there beautiful service he says and then he says that they opened up two mics in the in, in the uh in the church on, on either side and says hey can someone come up and say something about the daily departed and he was like the mics were sitting silent so long the echo you know how you get that feedback and he's like right. wait a minute like he's like wait i don't understand so then nobody went up so he went up didn't even know the guy he's just you know I'm, he's a deacon whatever he's just gonna say deacon stuff whatever so he goes up there and says like things about life whatever and then he he cats off and later on the repasser talk he's like i don't understand like the the like all these people came all these hundreds of people probably a thousand people came to this thing and no one had anything nice to say about this guy like, i don't understand like what's the connection there's like he's like he wasn't a great person he was like half the people probably came to make sure that he was dead i was like damn mm. like <laughs> It was such a deep story. I was like, wow, you know, even even like, yeah. you know, in that situation, people people's like, oh, that's this, this was a bad person. Now, I always always used to say like mental health, if you're having like a mental health situation, how do how do you know when to ask for help? Right. Have is there is there is there like an offering that says, oh, you know what, I need to talk to somebody before someone says hey man you know what i think you're struggling bro you need to go see someone like is there is there markers mm -hmm. that we should look for to say oh you know what i think i think i should talk talk to somebody i mean i i mean that's a great question i will say everybody's thresholds different mm -hmm. um how i deal with stress and certain things in my life could be very different to how you deal with it mm -hmm. and your threshold for it um i will say I always invite people to like have an open dialogue and open communication and a big indicator to know that something's up is when somebody changes their patterns. If they're an avid person of like they work out every day, they go to work, they make dinner, they only eat out once a week or something like that and you started noticing that they're not working out as much or maybe they're late to work, they're eating out more. Um, when their patterns of their behavior, because we're all creatures of habit, we all mm -hmm. like that routine, Yeah, um, starts to change and become really disruptive in their life. I mean, that's a huge sign. But okay. I will also say that it's, it's always good 
like again, have that open dialogue in that safe place, but it's always going to be up to the individual to accept the help. You can lay the ground rule, ground road for them and create like this zen environment for them to talk. If they don't want to talk, they're not going to talk. And it might be something a little bit more than this, just their pattern being disruptive、mm. for them to actually reach out to help for help. Wow. Yeah. I, so, I always wondered, I always wondered that like, like, how do you, you know, tell yourself, like, yo, you know, I'm doing that? Because in training, In training and athletes that listen to the manual, shout out to you guys. Like, when we we call it hitting a wall in the gym, you hit a wall. Like,、mm-hmm. you, you're going through your training, it's getting mundane, it's getting routine. You haven't changed up anything in a little bit.、Uh, you're you, you're stop experiencing some of the growth, you stop experiencing some of the things that make the training fun. And you, you know, the, the normal caveat would be to change the routine, like do something else.、Mm-hmm. But, and then, you know, you find that, okay, I have to just change things up a little bit. But it's like when, like when we get into those to those habits, you know, that's what we attribute it to. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm either, either overtraining in this one area or I need to, I need to add in more cardio again. I need to start doing more strength、mm-hmm. training. I need to stop strength training for a little bit because my body's tired. Or I need to say, well, don't, don't live five days a week, live four days a week now or three days a week, like, you know, make adjustments. So that, that's why I ask that question is because sometimes we, Attribute things to like, oh, well, I'm having these, you know, this situation because this happened, because I broke up with somebody. Like now I'm like, you know, I've been late to work a couple days because I'm just like sleeping longer because I'm used to talking、mm-hmm. to them at night or used to being at their place or whatever. Like you kind of like make excuses for the things that are happening that you're not、mm-hmm. in control of. You're like, okay, well, you're trying to explain away everything that you just. Experience is like, oh, that's just because I'm I'm going through, I'm I'm, I'm in a funk. I'm in、yep. a funk right now. Like, damn, you know, it's something's got to get me out of it. Well,、um, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I call it like I'm in a blah. Like, I just feel blah.、Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things I'm a big believer in listening to your body. If your body says you need to rest, then you need、mm-hmm. to rest. So that could be, I don't, I would say I'm actually more of an introvert than an extrovert.、Mm-hmm. Um, So, if I need to rest, I will cancel my plans. I will just either be on the couch or in the bed where I sleep.、Mm-hmm. I watch my trash TV and <laughs> I just, you know, either I'll cook or I'll order out because that's what I need to do. And sometimes those days are a whole weekend. So it's Saturday and Sunday. And Monday, it's like, okay, I'm recharged, I'm ready to go. Um, so, again, I'm a big believer in listening to your body. If your body says rest, then rest. If your body、mm-hmm. says, I need energy and I need to be around people, then、mm-hmm. be around people.、Mm-hmm. If your body's saying, I need that connection, so I need to go out to hang out with friends or family, go out and hang out with friends or family. If I need a vacation and I need to see crystal blue water、mm-hmm. and a nice sandy beach, you sound、going. like a beach, it's like a beach snob. You're a beach snob, <laughs> I total beach snob. <laughs> Then it's like, go and do that. Like, it's just it, life alone is very stressful,、mm-hmm. and you need these moments to recharge and to deal with it and to deal with your mental health. And that's, I. Preach it all the time to clients, to co workers, to whoever listens. Self care is very important. I'm, is- glad, I'm glad you said that because I'm like, when I, if I 
if I do that, right? If I'm not speaking of me, if I do that, I get some. Oh, you're being selfish. Mm. Like selfish about what? Like oh, you want some me time? And I'm like, dude, I need some me time. I need just time about like by myself. Like I would go to a movie by myself. Mm-hmm. Like just go sit in the movie theater by myself. I'll go casting to eat by myself. Just sit down, be dubbed something, watch it. You know, watch the game, whatever, and I have something to eat. And some people don't understand that. Like, oh, well, how can you not? I said, because I was never one of those guys that needed all my friends around. Like, I played yeah. sports, I had my teammates. But it's like, sometimes you just want to be by yourself. Like, I just want to be by myself. I want to mm-hmm. disconnect. I want to get off the grid. And I want to just kind of, like, chill. And, you know, I remember as a kid, I used to be able to do, like, spend a lot of time with myself. And I used to always tell myself, I'm like, if someone can't spend a little bit of time by themselves, they don't like themselves. Like, I, mm-hmm. I always used to say that. Like, if, you, if you're if you in a house sitting for an hour and you're, like, you're restless, like, yeah, I got to oh, I gotta go call and see what people are doing. I'm like, sit and watch TV, read a book. Just take a second for yourself. Mm-hmm. Take a second for yourself because I'm like, <laughs> you we get we all have times when it's so much shit going on. You're like, damn, I just need a second. For myself i just need mm-hmm. a second for myself like you know and i'm a <laughs> i'm a big proponent of this like i don't like negative uh how can i say this when i sound stupid like if you're always calling me or around me with negative stuff that happens to you i'm like yo i'm like tell me you found ten dollars <laughs> Tell me that, <laughs> you know, when when the sun came up this morning, a robin flew in your fucking window, whatever. Like, tell me something like that. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, because every time, like, I'm dealing with my shit, and then I hear you come on with this negative, and I'm like, now, like, it's a sinking ship, and I'm going down with you because I'm like, all right, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I can never tell you nothing. Or I can never unpack. And I'm like, it's I'm not saying that. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is that, do you notice every time we talk you open it up with a negative something like oh man you know the job is killing i'm like dude like you have a job someone doesn't have a job like you're someone's goal like you're you're doing someone you're you're doing something someone can't do and my dad used to always tell me that he used to always tell me the things that you that you are taking advantage of people are praying for and i would never forget that like you know when i look Mm -hmm. at something trivial like when i say it's been two hours. Oh, dude, I'm hungry. My dad but like, you're not hungry. And I'm like, yes, I am. I, have, I ate two hours ago. He's like, yeah, but someone in Sudan hasn't eaten in two weeks. They're hungry. You're not fucking hungry. So stop. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you have no, like, you have no clap back. You have no mm-hmm. comeback. I'm like, damn, well, you're kind of right. I'm really not that hungry. I ate two hours ago. You know, I'm drinking bottled water. <laughs> like, like, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. crazy. Well, and one of the things with the pandemic is that I started on my way to work because I was still working. I I was one of the more fortunate ones that didn't lose my job and I Mm -hmm. had to go in every day. So I didn't like telework or anything. I, on my drive to work, I would do like a list of things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to have a job. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to have a car. I'm grateful to be able to buy groceries. Um, I'm grateful for like the clean air. Mm-hmm. Um, more days it was clean than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, it's like what I like. What you're, everybody's grateful for something every morning when you wake up. It's you should not be, only yeah. just being alive. Yeah, you should. Um, be. Yeah, but it's also perspective. I, I literally had this conversation with someone, and we saw this 
we saw this gentleman running on a trail and um person I was with he was like oh what is he running from I'm like running from or what is he running to yeah and yeah. to me like it's all perspective of how people see something could be very negative to one person the other person it can be totally 180 spin and be very positive mm-hmm. and That's so I just I true. thought that was like wow that was like just how crazy how people see the world mm-hmm. yeah that I'm a I'm a terrorist right I started I've been a terrorist since I was probably 25 years old and terrorism is a lot like that it's a lot about seeing mm-hmm. the other side of something like you know for every like in the like in the Chinese alphabet right the same sign for crisis is the same sign for opportunity it's just the context that you that you're doing it in and and I remember like mm. like my dad was like he's like a he was like a Zen dude and he would say he he took a um I think I was 12 I, I it was an issue that I had I had an issue in school and he was like he took a um a big it was like a big pot of, a big pot of water and he grabbed an egg and he grabbed a potato and he put them both in the thing and we were talking about something and it was boiling and he was like oh your problem's done and i was like my problem's done he's like yeah he goes to the sink like pours the takes the uh, hot hot water pours in the sink put some cold water into the to the pot and then he peeled the egg and he cut the potato and i was like like what are you talking about he's like they were both put in hot water one became hard and one became soft so it depending on what your issue is like how you deal with it mm-hmm. is how you yo this this is how my dad was like he was this dude like and i'm like damn like he just summed up all of that in like in that yeah. simple simple exercise and he just he's like yo the same hot water i didn't do anything different i just put the two things in there and it, you know also are you going to be an egg today or a potato what are you going to do in this hot water i'm like oh shit like yo it's dope you know and that's mm. my whole my whole life was that like those type of teachers wow. those type of yeah it was is <laughs> i could tell you i can go on and on about the things that this man would would do like you know how like um if i want say say i bought a pair so when i was a kid jordans was like the sneakers that everybody wanted right so i got a pair of jordans and then like two months later i'm like yeah i want another mm-hmm. pair of sneakers my dad like i just bought you a pair of sneakers i'm like but i want another pair of sneakers like those sneakers is old now they're two they're two months old they're old and he's like all right cool but before we go i need you to come with me somewhere so we go like to a homeless shelter and like spend the afternoon like feeding the homeless talking and all of that and then when we leave he's like yo let's go get them sneakers and i'm like nah i'm good hey what do you mean you don't want them i'm like nah He's like, why you don't want them? I was like, because I don't need them. Because he he knew that at some at some point in the conversations that I was having, right. he was like, dude, this this person has nothing, and you're and you're complaining about. So I used to always look at things like like that. Like, what would he say? Like, what would he do? Even now, I'm like, damn, you know, I wish I could just talk to him about just stuff like that because he would always have some analogy, and I'm like, all right, where we going with this one? You know. But yeah, same hot water. <laughs> He's like, here's mm-hmm. here's here's your problem. Which one? Which how are you gonna solve it? Which one are you gonna do? And I used to be like, damn, dude, like for real? Okay, that's what we doing. But yeah, that's 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 how he was. And I mean, that's, I mean that that's a great analogy. And I would say like, I feel like that's just like mental health in general. You have a problem, how are you mm-hmm. gonna fix it? 
How, yeah. how are you going to really get to the root of it? And sometimes that takes a long time. And I'll never forget when I was in my internship, my clinical supervisor, he's like, a question, a good question to always ask is, how far are you willing to go to examine the pain? Mm. And that is just, it like hit me in my soul when he said that. And I remember telling that to one of my clients. I'm just like, I'm going to use this line. And it just hit the client very deeply. And it's just like, that's true. Like, how far are we all willing to go to examine the root, mm -hmm. to examine the pain that we have suffered mm -hmm. and to really like understand it and then decide if we want to do something about it. What was and that? I mean, that's all mental health is about. Mm -hmm. There was a, mm -hmm. uh, I'm a movie, I'm a movie buff. Anyone that knows me, I'm a movie buff, right? So there was a movie with, it was a movie with Gabrielle Union and Jamie Foxx called Breaking All the Rules, right? Mm -hmm. it, um, at the end of the movie, at some point in the movie, he talked about biting into your own hand. Like, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because when we have to inflict pain on, on ourselves, it's like, like when you're if you're stabbing yourself it's different from biting yourself like if you're you're biting down because mm -hmm. you're willfully like i'm taking one part of my body and biting into another part of my body at some point you're like what am i doing like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna break the skin i'm not gonna break bones i'm not gonna do that but if you stab yourself or something like it's to me it's different right and it's it yeah. was something that he said in the movie the line was something like i'm paraphrasing obviously he was like he was like a like someone who's like willing to do something how far would they go like you just said how far in the pain would you go and then the, he tried to do it and they were like and then they were like no nah, i'm not gonna do it but then at the end of the movie i think he was like trying to catch her on a train or whatever and he did it he bit him he bit into himself and he was bleeding and everything she's like oh my god you did he's like that's how much that's how much i wanted you like i i wanted to go to that to that void mm -hmm. or whatever and i'm like damn it's deep because that's such an, a poignant statement because it's like our goals like how far are you gonna go like are you just gonna talk about like oh i mm -hmm. want to be this i want to be that but how far are you gonna go right. you know meaning are you gonna stay up restless nights to like do papers or are you gonna like go mm -hmm. do internships or are you gonna go work in a clinic for free and you're like damn this is like i'm not even getting paid to do this but i'm i'm overworked or whatever but you gotta get you gotta get to that point where if you really want help it's like grief you know what's the seven state like what's the mm. seven stages it's like you have to first accept that hey i'm so i'm sick or something's wrong right and then right it's a denial okay i accepted it but you know what i'm i'm probably i'm probably okay now now you're denying that you're okay or whatever mm -hmm. you, know, you gotta so you have to get to acceptance but then you gotta start with anger because you're like what's wrong with me i'm broken i feel like i'm broken and how do i how do i un yeah how do i fix this shit you know it's crazy mental health man I, I just well i mean i will say like it's funny that you brought up to the grief because i was just reading something about it the other day and like and this is what i love about the field it's always changing it's never what we learned 20 years ago is not what we're practicing or techniques that we're using today or they're different and one of the things is like the seven stages of grief it's like anger then denial then bargaining and then right you're leading to acceptance mm -hmm. it's like now we're learning that they're not necessarily stages it's more like a circular motion 
So you'll mm -hmm. constantly be going through these stages. And at different times, you can accept your fate and then you'd be angry. Then you're bargaining, then you're denial, then you're back to acceptance. And again, just one of the things that I am so passionate about this field is that it's always changing. Mm -hmm. And what I mean, might not have worked mm -hmm. for somebody in the past could work for them now because we're always developing new skills, new techniques, new um, ways of looking at things. Mm -hmm. It's, and that's where I think a lot of things are so new and will invite a lot more people in to try this experience. Mm -hmm. my, my daughter, when she was six, told me what love was. I, I, I don't know, mm. did, I, did I ever tell you that story for my daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I uh, it's the only way I can explain that now because you have to you have to you have to evolve. Like you have to, you know, when you love yourself, um, I always tell people this like and this is like this because I'm a Capricorn, so I always like there's a selfish part of me. Mm. Like I'm always choose myself. Like I always, I always say that to myself. I always would choose myself. Like, no matter mm -hmm. what I'm, like, like if an airplane's going down and the, the the stuff drops out of the ceiling, they tell you to put your shit on mm -hmm. first, help the next person. Yep. And I always, I always said that. I said that that makes so much sense because if it's smoke and I'm helping you, and then now you're gonna help me possibly or not, you know. So I'm like, help yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta, you know, if I'm good. And this is a Capricorn thing. If I'm good, then the world's good. Like if I'm not good, then I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. you know what? It's off in my like you said, like with the patterns, like yo, that's not me. You know, I don't do that or I don't feel like that or whatever. I um I'm someone who and just this is putting myself out there. I'm someone is like in relationships, I've I've never like been alone. You know how I like you mm -hmm. break up with somebody and like for me like literally like within days i'm already like going to the next situation and people are like oh you did you yeah. already have that waiting and i was like nah i just they're like well did you not want to still revisit what you just had like, is you know it, are you that done i'm like if it comes back it comes back but i'm not i'm not gonna be the dude that you call and i'm sulking like oh my god oh thank god you called <laughs> i'm like you call i'm like yo what up I'm I'm on a date. You good? <laughs> I'm literally, and I know it's a self defense mechanism. I know I know that it's called avoidance. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm so good with that because <laughs> I feel like that keeps me out of a prison. That keeps me out of situations because then I'm not gonna be the dude in front of your house sniveling in the car like come outside, Kay. I need to talk. You know, like I don't want to be that dude. I just be like, you know what? Right. I'm gonna just I'm a you know I'm a, yo my bike broke. I'm gonna get a new bike. And that's it. I just, mm -hmm. I've always been like that. And it's just, you know, I know, I know it's a defect in my personality, but I've accepted it. There's so many things about myself that I've accepted that it's just like, I don't, I'm not surprised by it. Someone says, oh, wow. And I'm like, you're surprised by that? I'm like, no, <laughs> everyone has a piece of shit in them. Like, right, everyone is just like, it's like, no, like, you know, wow. You know, and like I said, when, when, when people like, when people look down on the people, I was like, listen, if someone could peep into your, into your life, they'd be like, they'll be shocked uh, mm -hmm. of the things that they find about, find out about certain people. Cause we're not perfect. And for yep. me, for me, for me to trust someone like, like to talk to, they also have to show me imperfection. Like if they show me mm -hmm. that they're too perfect, then I'm like, I don't trust. 
I don't trust that. I don't trust you because it's like, yo, like, where are you broken at? Because we're right. all broken in, in, mm-hmm. in some in some kind of way. And I need to know that that you're broken. It's like thieves. Everyone is if we're gonna commit a crime. We all know that we're going in to commit this crime and we all have knowledge of each other. Like, yo, you, mm-hmm. if they catch me, okay, I'm gonna give you up. You know, right. <laughs> like that type of shit. But I'm just um I try to level shit out because I tried the therapy thing. Um and I told you what happened. And mm-hmm. I like dude fell asleep and I was like, yo, yeah. <laughs> like, damn, like I guess mm-hmm. I don't have a trauma life or some. I'm like, bro, you just fell asleep on me? Like you really just fell asleep. But I know that I remember as a as a teenager, I went to you know, grew up in, in Catholic school, whatever, prep school. And like in confession, I've always felt like they were like, that's it. And I'm like, what else you like, damn, dude, I'm 16. Like it's right. girls, it's girls, it's sports, it's fun. Like there's not much I don't I don't have a complicated life. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, my parents gave us a, a good upbringing so you know priest is like that's it and i was like yeah what else you looking for uh, i thought it's gonna be something more and i'm like like what mm-hmm. <laughs> like be happy like hey young man you know keep doing what you're doing you're on the right track right like they wanted you to be like broken or come in there with deviant thoughts or whatever i was just i always felt that was just weird i'm like like you want me to just be messed up <laughs> Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I feel like with therapy, it doesn't necessarily you need to come in broken or feel like you need to have a complicated life. One of the age-old questions that we always ask when somebody walks through a door, and again, this is like the standard like private practice like therapy, um, is like what brought you in today? Mm. Like, what was going on that you felt that you needed help? Today, you yeah. needed guidance. You needed. Um, just people to pose questions or observations like what brought you in today and it can be a variety of different things Hmm. so i mean and i would say that i mean i think that's really great that you identify like your flaws and and accept them be like i know this is what what, i do yeah it's what makes me me that's how Mm -hmm. i always looked at it as a kid i was like you know I have the parents that used to tell you that you there's no one else like you like you know our parents told all four of us you know i have my two sisters and my brother they always told us like you, you know all of you are unique like we all we all have the same parents both mother and father same mother and yeah. father but we're also uniquely different and mm-hmm. they always they always used to tell me this like yo and i said i know why i know why i'm you know i'm the way i am and i accept those things now i said that with i said that with the caveat of like I try to build upon like breaking some of some of the things because I don't have like it they're, they're not to me they're not like really bad traits mm-hmm. but to someone else it might be bad like I am I'm patient I'm patiently impatient if that mm. makes any sense I'm patiently impatient right and reason I say that <laughs> reason I say that is because like I can wait for certain things but then there's a hierarchy or a pro- or a list of priorities that I have right like so there's like i could wait for food to get um like finished like oh you know what your you know your burgers still on the grill or whatever and i'm like okay cool you know and i could wait for that but a promotion <laughs> i'm like dude i've been here two years like right. something that happened or i'm walking like i'm right I'm like that like i've mm-hmm. done my time i know i put the work in you know maybe you don't think i did or whatever but we we can sparse that out but i'm like yo 
I'm not waiting anymore for that. I'm not wait, mm-hmm. waiting any longer for that. I need I need my money now. So like I'm I'm always I always say that I'm I'm just I mean, that's one of my flaws. It's like um I could wait for certain things, but then certain things I'm like no, there's no compromise. I'm like no nah, fuck that. I'm I'm no. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I want, and that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. You know. I mean, we all have our own like level of like distress tolerance in a sense of what, and it's different for everybody in each situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and with distress tolerance, it's all about being patient. In my opinion, I think that's a huge part of it of waiting for things to happen or waiting just or knowing like how much you have under your control and you've done everything under your control mm-hmm. or going out and getting what you feel like you want or you deserve and stuff like that and i think part of that's taking the leap and betting on yourself betting on mm-hmm. yourself i think a lot of times we might see a lot of people that have very low self-worth mm-hmm. and um feel like they're not good enough and again this can all stem from trauma or childhood or something like that i mean Mm -hmm. i remember growing up and like weight was a huge thing and like my mom would comment on my weight and stuff because i you know was curvy but we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about curvy back then you were Mm -hmm. either like skinny or fat or something like that and um, learning how to love myself and love my body and learn mm-hmm. my own self-worth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that could stem from like growing up as a child. And that's what it was. Like my sister was very thin and I wasn't. And mm-hmm. that was noticeable. So I mm-hmm. I mean, again, going back to like self-worth, knowing, knowing what your worth is. Yeah see that's a really that's a really good point that's a really good point because and that's what i meant that's what i kind of alluded to or was trying to say with like waiting waiting on like especially like with work right because Mm -hmm. if if i'm killing it if i'm in my mind i'm doing what i'm supposed to do to to get ahead and i'm like i'm not seeing it yeah i'm like i have choices i'm worth something i'm worth this number right i'm worth this number mm-hmm. i can go somewhere else because it's like you know how like someone would um we talked about low esteem right We're, we have 15 more minutes if you if you're if you can hang um mm-hmm. like someone's beating you down oh no one's gonna want you because of da, 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 da. and they're saying mm-hmm. things to you and i'm like i'm like i'm like you're this is not about me this is about you like right you're, t- you're telling me no one would you know what i'm saying because you want to hold on to so why do you want me then like you're telling me mm-hmm. no one will want me but then you're it's because you want me but why do you you know what i'm saying so right. if 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 you're telling me all these things then someone else is going to see that as well so i that whole worth thing i always i always talked about that with my daughter i'm like yo listen right there's there's a there's difference there's differences um with a lot of things that you're going to experience when she was a little kid we did daughter, daddy daughter dinners right for mm-hmm. a couple of years you know she's 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 and she finally was like why do we do this and i was like oh you know hang out with your old man you know and you know we kick it or whatever but i said mm-hmm. i certain things need to be normal for you 
right? Right. You sh- you shouldn't get flowers because it's your birthday or an anniversary. You should get flowers because it's fucking mm-hmm. Tuesday. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> it's just, it's just because it's Tuesday. You know, and it, it's normal. Like you, you know, like you see some see certain things sometimes. And you're like, wow, that's that's so. Um, you go out with a guy, and within ten minutes of being on that date sitting down to eat or whatever he's he's told you that you're pretty you're like in your mind like he's not used to me like he's not used to a woman like me because Mm -hmm. because he's playing his hand already like he's like wow you like okay i think i'm out of his league because he just keeps harping on how pretty i am or how well mannered i'm like well your last date probably was a pig or whatever because the way you're the way you're talking to me is like you're not like this is refreshing for you Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Versus like, oh, this is normal, like have a normal conversation because you're this right. is what my this is what my norm is, this is what my type mm-hmm. is. So we're we're engaging on that on that level. And I <laughs> I tell people, I was like, yo, you're worth something to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, but to yourself, you be you're worth like you're like there's no amount of uh money, there's no amount of um compromise for you not to be yourself, right? A hundred percent because you play in in your life if your life's a movie you're the you're the star of that movie like mm-hmm. so you're gonna have you're gonna have your ups your downs your good your bad your ugly like you know what i'm saying and i always tell people the three things and i and i got this from sports the three things that you that you learn from defeat right you, when you lose something when you lose a game you lose mm-hmm. a relationship whatever you learn about how you deal with loss like how you deal with not being on top right a broken heart Hmm. It teaches you what not to do, what what to do your next time out, or just you know what I'm always going to be me, and it's just, I just someone's going to hopefully recognize that I'm a good person, mm-hmm. right? And hunger, <laughs> hmm. and when I say hunger, like we all get out of college thinking we're going to make mega mega millions right off the bat, right. you know, like yo, I, and then you get a job, you're like that, that's it, this is all I get, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's what the fuck you get, like you know, unless you go get a PhD, this is what your field is going to pay you. You're like, yeah. damn, you know, and you learn, like when you're hungry, that we like, you know what? I can't, I can't hang out this weekend, guys, because I pay rent. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you're hungry, or you know, you might not care, and you might go out and right. suffer the consequences. They're like, oh well, you know what? Fuck rent. Rent will get paid whenever I get my next check. It should be late <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, you you know, when it comes to worth and self worth and esteem, yo, you're there's no one else like you on the planet like <laughs> you're, exactly. you're an original you're an original copy like you, there's no mm-hmm. one else like you so I mean. well and like you said for your number two is love with self-worth comes self-love and mm-hmm. loving yourself and loving your flaws and it's again going there to examine the pain and stuff i'll never forget like so my dad next year will be gone for about 20 years now oh wow okay and when my dad died and my mom you know she was distraught we all were like Mm -hmm. i mean we just lost somebody that we all very loved and i remember a couple years later me asking my mom like would you do this all over again Mm -hmm. if you knew the result was going to be the same that you were only going to have like like 17 18 years i think they had before they were married before you died I like, would you do this all over again? And she says, absolutely. She's like, Mm -hmm. because the amount of pain that I felt doesn't take away the love that I had in the experience. And she's like, 
more hurtful it is, that just means how much more love there was. Mm. And I was just like, damn. Like, because that was like my trauma of, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like my father abandoned me. So I'm like, all right, I don't ever want to be abandoned by a guy again. And so I had to open myself up to that. And with mm-hmm. that comes fear, I think. So will be a great topic for next mm-hmm. time. But fear of like, what are we all scared of? And I don't mean like, I'm like, I'm scared of spiders and heights. So, <laughs> But there's also like the internal fear that I'm scared of, whether it's scared of being alone, scared of being abandoned. Um, we all have that. And a lot of times that drives us what we'll do or what we won't do. Fear, fear, is, fear is something, and this is my personal opinion. It's not based on any particular science, but this is just my opinion. Fear, mm-hmm. fear is something that is um, taught to us. Mm-hmm. Like we're taught, we're taught fear, right? Meaning, and the reason I say that is because when we're children, we have no knowledge of like, you can walk into a lion's den as a kid. Like you don't, you don't know the inherent risk you're taking. You're like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. It's a, oh, it's a, it's a big tiger over there. I'm just going to walk over and pet him. As an right. adult, you're like, I'm not doing it because you, you, you have all these connotations that, oh, that's dangerous. The claws, the teeth. The animal's gonna attack me and kill me whatever so fear is something that is taught to us like we're we're taught to um we're taught to fear as a as a form of obeying something right mm. laws you know you you fear if you break the law like if you drink and drive you lose your, oh i'm gonna lose my license which means i can't get to work which means i can't provide for myself so the fear of losing losing that license is like well it should it should keep you from drinking so like fear is a trigger to me is a trigger in life to, to to what you call it because how many well and this is from the sports the sports world like you meet up with an opponent whether it's boxing football whatever you mm-hmm. meet up with an opponent or a, you know you're on a track running against someone and then you realize this person yo they they just like me you know they're scared too mm-hmm. yeah. you know like you know and we find out things like wow you know what imagine your first day on the job compared to today when you worked in when you work today the mm-hmm. very first day you walked into your office versus the versus walking out of your office today like you know your first day you're all this built up fear of like, mm-hmm. do good want to fuck up whatever we're taught that we're and then it eventually fades away you become fearless at right. some point right now when it comes to like heights or whatever it's a different level of <laughs> of learning because right it's it's not the heights you're afraid of you're afraid of falling to your death from it so you, mm-hmm. it's it's height heights mean death like to you to anyone who's afraid of heights yeah. or or scared of water because that represents death in your mind mm-hmm. if, if i go up there i'm gonna fucking die <laughs> you know like that's why i say fear is something that is taught to us because when we're when we're little and we have no knowledge of it you know it's it's, it's what you call it. it's the same as like religion religion or or, or god it's taught to you you know what i'm saying like we mm-hmm. all have a we all have a, a thing in us like oh, i wonder where i come from i wonder where where all this came from but then if 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 you were raised on a desert island and they made you worship a pineapple you would think a pineapple is the, the great <laughs> all staying being you know what i'm saying and this is what i'm saying right. about like you can things can be manipulated in any kind of way to make people believe what it is you know like um i remember <laughs> as a kid i, I passed this on to my daughter um 
because I was like to close the show like on something lighthearted. So like when I was mm-hmm. a kid, I was afraid of the dark, like most kids. You know, and it's, it wasn't the dark per se. It was like what I saw in the dark. Like you're laying right. in your bed, and so like the chair has like a, a some clothing on. And you're like, I look like a fucking person in my room. Like, hello, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know. But then my dad's would be like, well, your blanket's a force field that protects you, and I'm like, oh. So now I feel I'm under the force field. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like so I told my daughter, and, I'm, she, and then when she got older, she's like, why did, why did you tell me that? I said, because it made you not afraid of the dark. She's like, yeah, you're right. And I say, because you were manifesting things in your head. Like it, the fear from the dark, it wasn't the dark. It's what you can't see in the mm-hmm. dark, what you can't see around you, right? When you turn the lights on, you're like, oh, I, that, oh, that's just a beach ball. I thought it was like yeah. an orb mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, but again i just i just think that fear is something there's a lot of things that is taught to us like there's Mm -hmm. there's some emotions that are like love is not taught to us love is something that we feel right fear is something that we feel but love is is like in the womb like a mother bonding with the Mm -hmm. child in the womb that that that's taught right but again you could pass on trauma to a Mm -hmm. child like you know you you go through something as you know when you're pregnant or whatever you go through something and you pass that on to the to the child in the womb so like i said it, it there's levels to it but at its at its core rudimentary level i think fear just picking on fear i think fear is something that we that we're taught like we're taught because we rep we put things to make it seem worse than it is he's like wow okay well it's three feet of water and i'm like yeah you could drown in a bathtub too right <laughs> you're still drowning in a bathtub mm-hmm. And I will say with like any emotion, like, because we we have five core emotions, right? Like happy, sad, anger, shame, and fear. Mm -hmm. And there's different levels to the emotions, but these are our five core emotions. And we, growing up, we all know how to feel them. We learned how to express them. Yeah. We learned how to express happiness, sadness, fear. We learned how to um, show what this emotion meant. And all of that stems from being brought up in mm-hmm. whatever type of household setting you brought up. And if you didn't learn that as a child, then... That was, that was perfectly said. I was hugged had- as a kid. I was hugged as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was hugged and kissed on the cheek. Like, come on, man. You know, but I didn't realize like that was positive reinforcement because some mm-hmm. kids don't deal with that. They never have right. someone tell them, hey, great job, you know, or hey, you know what? I love you. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yep. You know, it's because it's normal. You know, I used to always think, think of things that I was experiencing as a kid that my friends were experiencing too. And that there's like, nah, man, like, you know, my mom worked two jobs, you know, we never ate dinner together. I'm like, we did it like five times out of the week together. She was like, yep. you're lucky. You know, like, really? I thought everybody did that. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you're lucky that you're, you know, you're blessed or whatever. And I'm like, wow. And I'm, I'm taking it for advantage because I'm like, it's just a family. Yeah. But you realize that not everyone has that, has that structure around them. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. It's been an amazing episode. <laughs> I definitely want to have you back on the manual. Yay! The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the manual are those of Cleve Wason and his guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The manual is exclusively owned by Cleve Wason and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network. <laughs>